Hello loves and welcome back to Your Hero's Quest where we talk all about mythology, history, spirituality, and self-development. Today's episode was slightly inspired by my birthday and just the thought of sort of getting older, aging, and really uh, underlying that is um, immortality, regeneration, and transformation. This episode led me to magical cauldrons. There are so many cauldrons in mythology and in um, historical artifacts um, that have been found that are linked to transformation, regeneration, uh, rebirth, death and rebirth, all of that. So that is the theme we are going to explore today. So what do you think of when you hear cauldron? Of course, I mean, for me, probably for everyone, our mind first goes to a witch stirring a cauldron over a fire, Halloween, um, a cauldron of some sort of magical potion. And of course, cauldrons were used um, up until, you know, not that long ago as in kitchens as a pot to cook food in or over a fire. Um, so they were not only a practical house tool, but definitely also used in magic, in alchemy, or brewing herbal potions for healing and, and all of this. So they've definitely played an important role in many different ways. But the interesting role to me is the sort of spiritual link. And that brings us to the first cauldron, and it is the Cauldron of Caridwen. And she is a Celtic goddess of inspiration, wisdom, creativity, um, and transformation. She is the biggest champion of transformation. So with this story, she was brewing this potion, um, and her brew gifts, knowledge, wisdom, and inspiration. This is called Awen. And really it's this life force, the life force that connects all things, um, kind of symbolically held in this cauldron. And so her brew has to be brewed for exactly one year and one day. And she uses her servant boy, Guion or Guion, sorry, sometimes I don't know how to pronounce these like Welsh names, um, to stir the potion because it needs to be constantly stirred. And what happens is a bit of it, she's making this potion for her son who is like hideously ugly, but she thinks, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, make him super wise um, instead. So it's intended for her son. The servant boy splashes some of the potion onto his thumb, th exactly three drops. So he instinctively licks his thumb. He is the one now accidentally imbued with this magical potion. And Caridwen, he, he runs from Caridwen because she realizes what happens. And she chases him through their constantly changing forms until he turns into a grain of rice. She turns into a hen. She finds him and eats this grain of rice. She transforms back into herself and is pregnant and gives birth nine months later to Taliesin. Taliesin ends up becoming the greatest bard, um, a gifted poet and musician uh, known. And he writes, there's actually a lot of literature written uh, by Taliesin. So it's so interesting to me that it's like, was this a myth or was it real? 
these figures exist both in mythology and some of them also in historical context. So, uh, but yeah, so he becomes the greatest bard. He's the one that is gifted this incredible transformation. Really the lesson I took from this myth is we should not or cannot maybe run from our transformation. I mean, I guess we can, but it's going to catch up to us. And especially if it catches us by surprise, we just have to surrender to it and lean in. And I think that that is that the key to immortality is transformation. And I think about this with the serpent. It's a symbol that is so widely used across cultures and in um, mythologies and histories. But the snake sheds its skin constantly, right? And the snake doesn't really age. They're constantly going through this regeneration process, shedding the skin that is too tight for them, it doesn't fit anymore. And I think as humans, it's so difficult for us to do that. It's, you know, you hear all the time, let go of what no longer serves you, just release it, you know, um, start your new chapter. And it's so easy to tell someone that, but how do you really do that, right? It's like, how do we shed this skin that's too tight for us, this cloak that is has become dull, you know, it's not our truth. And I think the interesting thing is, I just read something about a butterfly and a caterpillar, and it's like, what what makes is a caterpillar is on its little leaf. It has all its food it needs and everything. What makes it want to leave that comfort zone and become a butterfly? What's its impetus to do that? Well, it was always meant to become the butterfly. It was never meant to stay a caterpillar. The, the, the coding within it was always to become a butterfly. The same way a seed uh, the tiniest seed has all of the codes within it to become the plant that it's meant to be. An acorn becomes a huge, massive, impressive oak tree. I was just in the Sequoia Forest for my birthday, and those trees are the biggest in the world. They're, you know, indescribably huge, and they come from a seed, you know? So all of the coding is already within you for your transformations for where you're meant to go, for what you're meant to do. You simply have to listen to it and allow it to happen. The caterpillar, when it gets, it must get some sort of call, hey, you know what, now it's time to leave this leaf. It's cocoon time and it goes. It doesn't say, oh, I'm gonna stay on the leaf or a seed that gets put in the soil and watered and all of that isn't like, I'm not gonna sprout. I'm just gonna stay a seed. It follows its natural order of that transformation, right? A rose sheds its petals and then it bears the rosehip fruit. Um, it's all of this, of course, the seasons, you know, it's, it's, it's all linked, it's all connected. And as, as humans, we're part of all of this. So we too have to go through this process of transformations. I think it's also important to note the very act of stirring a cauldron is like blending the attributes of divine wisdom and inspiration with our personal cycles of life, death, and rebirth, um, which creates this sort of perfect brew of existence. And, you know, cyclical circular motion is, is time, it's the zodiac, it's a clock is a circle, right? It's 
the zodiac is a wheel and the stars move in this cyclical fashion. Our planets move in a circular fashion. The Wheel of Fortune card in tarot is that sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. It's a constant wheel of, of um, moving, of, of, of rebirth. Um, and that this cycle of life, death, and rebirth is happening here and now. And again, we mustn't fear death because it is constantly entwined in our lives as we let go of those things that have died and welcome in the new. And when a seed is in the dark soil, it's not dead. It's germinating. It's getting ready for spring. It's getting ready to bloom. So if you're in a place where you are a little bit um, in the dark, you know, in the unknown, in that unknown sphere, you are, you are germinating for your transformation. You're getting ready for it. Just trust that that's what's going on. Water is constantly moving. Water that's stagnant, you know, uh, like a pond, is murky and full of algae and definitely doesn't breed life. If it does, it's, I don't know, you can't even see it, but you certainly don't want to put your foot in that murky pond. But streams and rivers that are always flowing are clear. They're crystal clear, they're pure. And that's, you know, even with our bodies, with exercise, if we stay stagnant, we start to put on weight. We feel worse. Energy that lies stagnant simply doesn't, isn't afforded the opportunity for transformation. And, you know, we really do have to let go. We have to let go of old stories, of old personas, old identities, old paths that have become overgrown, um, old beliefs. As humans, we're so attached to things. I think attachment leads to stagnation. You can't go anywhere when you're attached to something, when you're tied to something, you're, you're stuck. So how can we release these things? How can we shed these skins? How can we stir that cauldron in our life and accept the transformation? How can we plant ourselves in the soil and know that the codes are within us to transform into the butterfly, to transform into the greatest, highest version of ourselves? It's like, again, the hardest thing as humans to let go of things, but it's okay. We are so attached to things, but honestly, we don't have anything for real here, not even our bodies, you know? We're gonna let these go one day. So if we can get used to just letting things go when they're meant to, life becomes easier. We can cultivate a much bigger sense of peace in our life. This is how you cultivate trust and surrender as well. When you start to lean into trust rather than clinging to fears, um, life becomes so much easier and miracles and blessings start to show up for you. It's like magic, quite literally. Another cauldron that uh, appears is from Baran the, bless, the Blessed, the Blessed, I was gonna say. He was an Irish king, um, a giant actually, and he um, has a magical cauldron that he gifts to his sister's husband because he wants to unite uh, Wales with Ireland. So to keep the peace, he, he gives this magical cauldron of regeneration that he has to his brother-in-law. 
his brother-in-law is like, great. Hey, thanks, man. You know, it's a freaking best gift. Um, and basically what it can do is it can bring the dead back to life. However, they are not able to speak if they're revived. And a lot of times it's for like fallen warriors. Um, so what happens is they end up in a war um, and the brother-in-law uses the cauldron against Bran because his soldiers or his, you know, men are falling and he's, he's bringing them back to life with the cauldron. And it's like, oh no, this is, this is bad. Um, and he is defeated, unfortunately. And sometimes we shouldn't revive what has died, right? Again, it's that sort of like stagnant energy. Something that was meant to be left in the past and we try to revive it, a lot of times will come out not quite what we thought. You know, going back to an ex, for instance, or going back to that job that you already left because it was comfortable, usually doesn't give the outcome of rebirth that you were looking for. In fact, it'll bog you back down into the past and we need to constantly be moving forward. So just be aware of things that you want to revive and wonder if they're, and, and just know like, are they going to turn out the way that you want them to, or are they going to turn out a little bit um, lacking something, a little bit off? Not this thing that you're trying to transform. The only thing we can transform is ourselves. And when we do that, our reality transforms. So I think to do this, we really need to tap into why we are holding on to these things. And I think that usually the root of, um, of this is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of there not being something better, scarcity mindset, lack mindset, um, and just being stuck in a comfort zone. And almost sometimes fear of transforming into something greater. Because a lot of times when we take those leaps, we're given new levels of responsibility, we're given an even self-responsibility. So I think that that is the root of, um, of not quite wanting to drink that potion. So I always take to my journal when it comes to these things, when I feel into what am, I, what am I feeling when I think of this transformation or what am I, what's coming up for me? And that can lead you to write your own inner fears, uh, probably things, a lot of things come back to our childhoods, anything that was taught to us, um, these patterns that we end up replaying in our lives that are unconscious until we bring them into the light and look at them and recognize why we act certain ways. Um, you know, and just journaling on it, taking pen to paper helps us get our unconscious thoughts out. So that is always a start. Um, and then from there, it's seeing how you can show up differently and, and really taking those steps to embody these changes. Right then and there, almost unwittingly, you've participated in the act of self-transformation. You are showing up differently. You are acting differently. You are you are alchemizing yourself into a better version of yourself. And it's not an overnight process. It's not one day you wake up and you're so different and you're ready to just 
be this whole new person. It is gradual. It is a daily practice. It is a daily commitment. And, you know, just as an acorn doesn't grow into a huge oak tree overnight, it does take time. So it, it also requires a sense of patience with ourselves and always a sense of self-compassion and love through the process of the transformation. So another cauldron is the cauldron of plenty. And this was a cauldron um, that the Irish deity, the Dagda had. And it's one of the four treasures of the Tua, Tua de Danan, who were this magical race that apparently populated Ireland thousands of years ago. The Dagda was portrayed as a giant with a long black beard. He controlled the weather, the seasons, crops, time, life, and death. And he had this cauldron of plenty where everyone of good character could eat their fill from the cauldron that never ran out. So it was a feasting cauldron, kind of like how the grail features in the Arthurian legends of, you know, it's brought into the feast and your plate, anything you want, your drink, it's always refilled. It's almost like in Harry Potter when they sit down for their feast and all the food just appears on the table. And the last cauldron was one that is sort of featured in two different myths, might be the same one, but I'm going with the one with King Arthur. He goes to the underworld to get the cauldron of Deernach. Deernach? And this cauldron uh, is existing in the other world. He goes with three shiploads of men and has to go through the seven castles of the underworld to bring it back. Um, this cauldron will is also sort of a cauldron of plenty. It will not boil the food of a coward, only that of a hero, which I think is a bit of a symbol. To have a transformation, you must be the hero of your myth. You have to be courageous. You have to take that self-responsibility. So the fact that this cauldron also comes from a timeless place sort of points to that idea of immortality, of regeneration, um, that perhaps immortality implies that, you know, we are mortal, of course, or the seeking of immortality implies that we are mortal, that we are bound to time. The interesting thing is we are eternal. Our souls are eternal, not bound by time. So it's just in this reality that we're seeking eternal youth and eternal life. Um, but maybe it is that spiritual knowing that that is already what we have, what we are. We needn't fear this transformation because also, I mean, when you look at it, death is just a transformation into another realm, into something else, whatever you believe that to be. So if we can get comfortable with transforming every day, then we will truly start to shed all fears that we hold to, and so many people fear death. But like the death card in tarot, it usually doesn't, it almost never means actual death. It means transformation. So I think it's also sort of this mindset, this, this framework that we have, um, the same way we're so attached to time. So anyway, he travels through the seven castles to get this, uh, to get this cauldron. And of course, seven is a spiritual number. It's a link between the heavens and um, a link between man and the divine. This is also known as one of the 13 treasures of Britain. And this is a, an actual 
historical list, I think written in medieval times, um, there's these 13 treasures, many of them magical items that are supposedly historical. So I think that's super fascinating. What happened to these 13 treasures? We'll never know, probably. So as the cauldron uh, is used for food, it provides this physical nourishment. It's also this vessel, quite literally, for spiritual nourishment, for this spiritual enlightenment. That is the point of the grail stories that I always say, you know, it's the, the grail is the ultimate cauldron and the loss of it from the world led to this wasteland. And it's these knights that go seeking for it. Really what they're seeking is spiritual enlightenment that brings the world back into balance, into this heaven on earth, into this world of plenty, of abundance that never withers. So when it comes to our birthday and feeling like we're getting older or scared of getting older, it is simply um, not true. Life is actually not linear. We we live in in a secular way um, that is kind of not taught, but is encoded in everything around us. So the key to staying young, the key to immortality is to be in flow with yourself, to take the transformations, to let go, let go of what you don't need anymore, set it down. Um, and again, if you can start to reprogram your mind to think about what is possible rather than what wasn't, what didn't happen, or all the things that are undesirable in your reality, and start to think about what is possible on the other side of your transformation, the answer is anything. We're limitless beings. We already are immortal. And the key to immortality on this plane is transformation, is change, is shedding our skins constantly. And um, being able to really welcome in new things into our life and not be afraid of them, but to to uh, to drink that that potion that's offered to us when it comes. Don't run from it like like Guion the servant boy did. So I hope that that episode helped. Um, I hope that you got some value from it. And um, just remember that age is only a number. And a lot of most of our reality here is programming in our mind. So if we can start to unlearn a lot of the things that we were taught and start to look with a new perspective at things in life, it's so hard to do when we get so caught up in our personal realities, but there is just so much more that goes on. So much, so much mystery and magic in the world and um, so much alchemy at your fingertips for your life at all times. You always have the choice to turn lead into gold to transmute your uh, baser emotions, your baser feelings into best version of yourself. And, um, you know, again, that's, it's, it takes work. It takes a daily practice. It's not overnight, but that is, that's the real work. I think that, the, that we're here to do in this world. So let me grab my deck and we'll pull a card from the Hero's Dream Journey Oracle. A splendid torch blaze brightly. 
Reflect upon your hero's journey and recognize that you are more yourself now than you've ever been. And there's more where that came from. After all, the end of one journey is the beginning of the next. But before you embark upon your next adventure, take a moment to acknowledge yourself for participating in this quest and for keeping your eternal flame of purpose burning bright. At this point, you don't have to wait for others to light your fire because the permission you need has already been granted. Know that true joy comes from being a splendid torch that lights the way for others. I know how to light myself on fire and I burn brightly as a celebration of life. I think that is beautiful because you know what? That's a great, um, a great point is on the other flip side of transformation, we can maybe get so caught up in transforming that we don't take a moment um, to be grateful in the present moment and, and grateful for where we are right now and really kind of give ourselves a hug and a pat on the back for how far we've come. We can get so caught up in the quest that um, we don't recognize just how far we have already transformed and come. And that really adds that level of gratitude always adds to the process in the most beautiful way um, and, and only can bring in uh, more uh, blessings by being grateful for the quest you're already on for the transformations you've already undergone and just for what a bright, beautiful light that you bring to this world, just as you are right now and as you continue to cycle through um, into your most divine path. So I hope that that episode served you. If it did, please give a thumbs up, give me a subscribe, let me know in the comments what you think and um, I will see you in the next episode. So much love to you.